to Talk FX, where we promise to keep the conversation honest and real for our Fragile X community. We are a group of moms of Fragile X children, self-advocates, and full mutation carriers from Washington, Idaho, and Oregon, all on a mission to share our stories and experiences in the hopes of reaching more Fragile X families and creating more awareness of Fragile X syndrome. So with that in mind, let's jump right in to this week's episode of Talk FX. Welcome back to another episode of Talk FX. Um, I apologize for the delay in our usual weekly episodes. I have been busy preparing for a big move while also planning my wedding, um, which has been an interesting time <laughs> considering all things we're all you know going through. But I'm really excited to be back, um, and I'm really excited to. Uh, be on today's episode because um, I'm excited to welcome Katie Clapp. She is the president and co-founder of Fraxa Research Foundation. We have had other representatives on Fraxa uh, or on TalkFX um, from Fraxa before, um, but we're really excited to have Katie on with us today. She's going to discuss um, many ways that Fraxa has made a huge impact in Fragile X research. Um, and she's also going to share with us the history of Fraxa as well, which is so cool. So um, thank you so much, Katie, for your time and for being on with us today. Oh, it's a pleasure. It really is. Um, we're so excited. Um, so I'd love for you to start out by telling us a little bit about the history of Fraxa uh, Research Foundation and just how it started. Sure. Well, as you might imagine, it started when we learned that our son Andy has Fragile X. And, you know, that was a journey, um, as it has been, I'm sure, for almost everybody listening. Mm -hmm. um, and I had never heard of Fragile X. I just was excited to have our first new baby. Um, but he had, he had a whole lot of problems from the start. Um, he was born in 1991. So it's ages ago. He's 31 now. And we were living in North Carolina at the time. Um, um, my husband, Mike Tranfalia, had was in residency for psychiatry, so he's medical, but I wasn't. I was um, working for a computer science company at the time, and so um, we tried to understand what was wrong with Andy. We took him to doctors, and it really wasn't until two and a half years later we moved back up to home base, if you will, Massachusetts, and the doctor there immediately said, I think we should test for fragile X. Fragile what? Yeah. <laughs> and so, of course, it came back positive. And I had only heard of fragile X from a friend who read about it in a magazine and suggested looking at it. Um, and in retrospect, Andy is almost classic when it comes to Fragile X. So, so he was diagnosed. We started to learn a bit about it. Uh, there happened to be a conference, a research conference in Canada about 
two weeks after we learned that Andy had fragile X. So we hopped in the car and drove up to Canada and got a whirlwind um, introduction. We met Rondi Hagerman. We met um, Steve Warren and David Nelson, who were the two, and Ben Ustra, actually the three scientists who discovered the Fragile X gene. Mm. They discovered the gene the same year Andy was born, 1991. Oh, wow. Yeah. So suddenly we had this kind of sense that all his problems were because he was missing one little protein. Mm -hmm. And isn't that enticing when it comes to thinking that maybe he could get the protein somehow? Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of the start of thinking this might be a treatable disorder. Mm -hmm. We went home from the um, conference and I called up the National Institutes of Health and said, what are you funding? And um, at, at, of course, the Internet didn't have much of anything going on. So they sent me this thick manila envelope with a printout of all the research that they were funding. And this is the all the government funding for the US basically mm -hmm. at the time was through NIH. And I started looking through this, this stack of computer paper and there were only two little grants that had anything to do with trying to find treatment. And wow. they totaled 30,000 a year. So I looked at Mike and we thought, you know, that's not very much. Mm -hmm. um, we're never going to get anywhere at that rate. So right. we, um, it took us a year or so. We, we started by contacting pharma companies like Genzyme to kind of pitch Fragile X to them. And, and say why they should be spending money and effort on it. And at the end of that year, it really seemed like um, it wasn't quite ready for for-profit companies to want to take it on. And so we started Fraxa to push Fragile X research to the point where companies would want to invest. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the start. Um, the reason that we have so much hope is that you always have to remember Fragile X is caused by a single gene mutation, which means there's a protein missing. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, that gives us, it, it may have a lot of signs in our kids, but at the, at the end of the day, you know what the cause is. Exactly. Yeah. That is so cool. Um, it's just, you know, you, you truly planted a seed. And um, I, I just think that uh, your story is motivating and encouraging. Um, and everything that Fraxa does for um, Fragile X is, is really just, I think it encourages people um, to know that, you know, a, a cure for that single gene can be, can be figured out. Um, and just how much more and investing you guys have put into that research is um, from where it was before, like you were saying, before Fraxa was even a thing. 
um, to now is just so cool. So um, thank you for sharing for that. I, you know, we all have our kids in front of us. Yes. And um, I know how much, how much more horrible I felt before I understood the cause of Andy's problems. And before I had any kind of inkling that I could do something, Mm -hmm. not enough, of course. And nobody knows how long it'll take. But right. But it being empowered is it helps you if nothing else. Absolutely. It helps you. Um, but I think it's obvious that it's going to work. We just don't know yeah. how long it will take. But um but it will it, be worth oh, it. Oh, it will be there. <laughs> it will be there. And we're we're so much closer. There are so many, you know, in 20 minutes, I can't explain why it's so clear that it will happen. But um, every day, you know, there's another another announcement, another research publication. You go, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Yep. Yeah. So um, how does Fraxa go about choosing the research that it funds? So, um, you know, you talked with me, you know, before we were going to do this uh, podcast about your uh, scientific advisory board um, and things like that. So, mm-hmm. so share with us about um, how Fraxa uh, goes about choosing their research it funds. Well, when we first started Fraxa, we knew we needed to have the best possible scientists guiding us. And um, over the years, we um, pretty much everyone we asked was willing to volunteer their time and their talents. And the board, the scientific board, managed to include three Nobel laureates. And I can't tell you what a thrill it was to ask them each and have them say yes. Wow. Now that was, you know, some time ago. And then along, um, you know, we've funded hundreds and hundreds of projects over mm-hmm. these past couple of decades. And as we've funded them each year, the science just flies forward and gets much more specialized. It changes fields. So you need specialists very specialized areas, you know, if it's a, so whatever the technique is, if it's CRISPR, you need somebody who understands CRISPR. If it's RNA, you need people who understand RNA. And then those are the people that need to review applications. Mm -hmm. So we draw um, our peer reviewers for all our applications from all the scientists we know. And um, they, they are very generous with their time. And um, that's how we get the proposals reviewed every year. Mm. So um, right now, actually, we have the batch for 2021. It came in on February 1st. And we have these proposals under review um, by specialists. And then we see how much money we have and run down the list. Um, we make sure that we're not funding great science that can't 
lead to a cure. Right. That's important. We're not here to fund great science alone. Right. Science, it's always the litmus test. Could it help Andy? Could it help your son or your daughter? And um, I, I think that's the key of Fraxa, really, you know. Yeah. Could it help? It's it's enlightened self-interest. I mean, we we are in this for our son mm-hmm. and all the others like him who, you know, who need it so much. Um, when Fraxa kind of began, did, did you ever, you know, come across the struggle of just getting others interested in um, uh, supporting this research, even though they knew that it is, you know, technically a rare, uh, a rare disease. Um, mm-hmm. Did you, well, what was their struggle in that? There, at the beginning, there was almost an existential struggle, mm-hmm. where people would say, "This is not a disease at all. Mm. It's a disorder. It's um, the way they are." Because it affects brain, you know, even you might say it affects personality. Um, I don't think it really does. But it affects everything about how somebody functions. Right. And so that was a struggle. I always saw this as not a value judgment, but a missing protein. And of course, we want to fix it. And of course, we can, Mm -hmm. you know, um, so that was a huge struggle. Um, there were many people who simply did not believe it could be treated. Now, that's not really true so much anymore, or at least we don't come across that struggle. Right. So now the, the real question is, does Fragile X research matter for people who aren't affected by Fragile X? And, you know, what we're finding is that it's a very important field for understanding autism. Mm-hmm. One thing Fraxa does is, um, is we have somebody on the scientific advisory board for other foundations that fund research, like the Autism Science Foundation and the Fragile X Research Foundation of Canada. So, you know, and I mean, there are plenty of other disease foundations that we um, advise. And when I say we in this case, it's really um, Mike Tranfali, our medical director, mm-hmm. who um, spends a lot of his time sharing you know, information and advice with other foundations because it's, it's surprising how much it's all linked. Right. Um, they, I have a great example of just, that kind of blew my mind about how you never know which grant, which project is going to be the one that opens floodgates. Mm. Um, And in fact, I'll tell you what that is. Um, Back five years ago, we funded Dr. Lynn Maquat at the University of Rochester in New York to do a Fragile X project on RNA and how RNAs, mRNAs um, are kind of cleaned up inside cells because that process isn't working quite right in Fragile X. 
Mm-hmm. So that sounds very, very technical and kind of basic. And so it is. So this year, she, in fact, in the last week, she just won a very prominent um, medical prize, the Wolf Prize, for her work on RNA, um, which actually led to the two COVID vaccines that are out now. Oh, wow. Guess who helped fund that work? Mm. Donors. So that was just a thrill. Yeah. You know, and now all the billions being spent on COVID vaccines um, and RNA function, RNA processing are going to loop right back around to help us. Right. Fragile X. That's so, so awesome. It's it's really wonderful. And she did a terrific job mm-hmm. with, with a relatively small amount of money from Fraxa. Right. Just to have such a big impact like that, um, you know, like you were saying, you never know which project is going to have the you most never know. impact. That's you just, never know. Um, that's so cool. And um, I uh, also want to ask, you know, what, what is to come with Raxa? Um, and how are you, you know, you keeping up with the breakthroughs you're going through? Well, it's sort of interesting. So one thing we we've always have we've always had the same goal which is to find a cure or specific treatments right meaning it doesn't have to be the whole ball of wax mm-hmm. your i guess is you know your magic bullet or maybe your gene repair um but treatments may be approaches to that with drugs that can fix some of what's gone wrong in Fragile X. Mm-hmm. So our goal has never changed and it, it won't until we succeed. What we need to do to get there changes all the time because we're traveling this path. We find bottlenecks. We solve the bottlenecks. We throw effort at the bottlenecks. So, you know, back in the 1990s, there were no animal models to study Fragile X. There, um, and that's a problem because you can't test on people. And by animal models, I mean fruit flies, mice, you know, mm-hmm. um, cells in the lab. And now there are all of those things, and we fund research on all of those platforms. And the first big thing we did was to um, gently persuade um, the lab that had developed the Fragile X mice to share those mice with Mm -hmm. the world. And that's a story for another day, but um, it certainly opened some doors. So now those mice are... um, being studied all over the world. We're funding projects in Chile and Singapore, and we funded Australia, um, US, Canada, Europe, everywhere. Everywhere there's good work. Yes. Um, Thank you so much for sharing and just um, 
everything that that Fraxa does, as I, you know, keep on saying is so encouraging. And um, the the um, motivation to find that cure, obviously, is apparent within the Fraxa Research Foundation. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So what a better motivation. Um, <laughs> That's right. And all of our board members are affected. They have children at home um, mm. or they have family members who, um, who motivate them. Having a team around you, you know, that gets mm. it, you know, because they live with somebody who has it or whatnot, um, that m- does make a huge difference. Um, because you have that, you know, emotional tie to it, of course, which is, but they also have the, you know, um, scientific side to it of just wanting to uh, study Fragile X more, study how it happens, study the possibilities of, you know, fixing that one gene, uh, the fMR1 gene that causes uh, malfunction and causes, ultimately causes Fragile X. And, um, you know, it's interesting because I, I am a, f- a full mutation fragile X carrier. Um, ah. and that is not common. No. Um, but I don't exhibit any of the, uh, behavioral or, uh, you know, cognitive characteristics of fragile X, but I do, um, uh, when I got my, you know, tests done, my, my CGG repeats were above the uh, amount to where they tell you, you know, you have full mutation fragile X, but mm-hmm. I'm also, you know, a carrier. So if I have children, um, there's a, that 50-50 ratio that they could have kids with fragile X. So it's it's been very interesting for me because I found this information out when I was 17 years old wow. and I'm 26 now. And so... Um, just having gone through life, sort of knowing those facts, um, it has, has been hard, but, uh, kind of makes you question things that maybe you're good at things that maybe you're not good at mm-hmm. and wonder where that stems from. But, um, honestly, you know, being, being someone who is affected by fragile X, um, just knowing that there was people out there fighting for a cure, um, is so encouraging, so motivating. And that that's why I do this podcast is so that I can talk to, so that I can talk to people like you who are motivated to find a cure for fragile X and to, uh, have a platform to share that with the rest of the fragile X community and to encourage them. So, um, that's wonderful. You know, my daughter is exactly the same as you. She, um, I didn't really talk about her, but, um, she had the full mutation. She has the full mutation. And of course, when we found this out and she was two months old, I was just heartbroken and she is absolutely unaffected and saner than I am. And um, <laughs> I learned from her. Oh, but what a long road it has been. You know, it yeah. does make you doubt everything. It's, of course. Um, but it's it just goes to show you really need to research this thing and I guess you know you you just got lucky with which cells chose the good acts if you will right right um 
Well, yeah. Um, is there any like current trials that you can oh, um, talk, yeah. talk about now? We kind of ran out of time, didn't we? <laughs> um, well, we have we have four more minutes. Okay. It's okay. Well, um, and then yeah. how can families also participate in them if if that is a option right now? I know that that could be you know tricky, but um, just what their options are. Well, COVID did um, slow us down, but things are back on track. Um, And there are trials being developed right now. And as soon as these COVID gates open up, then there will be trials for families um, to participate in. We we do have um, an e-newsletter. It we don't flood anybody's inbox. Go to fraxa.org and just subscribe. It's really easy. There's no cost, okay. no anything. Um, one trial that I'm really excited about is the Tetra Pharmaceuticals trial. Um, this is uh, a new drug, an investigational new drug that Fraxa funded the first phase, the phase two trial of, um, so that was a $200,000 grant over the last couple of years run by Dr. Elizabeth Barry Kravis. She did an incredibly great job getting it done in spite of COVID. And mm. that trial succeeded and it, it succeeded in, you know, a much more, powerful way than really, I would say any other trial so far, because it succeeded for the whole population of adults, teens and adults who were in the trial. It wasn't just a subset. It wasn't just some measures, you know, it succeeded. And so there's a phase three big trial in planning stages now. The other wonderful thing is that there's funding available because, you know, it doesn't matter how much money we raise, we can't fund a multi-million dollar phase three trial, or we could fund one, (laughs) but we don't need to. It's, It's funded elsewhere. We launched the first trial that we could afford. So that one I'm really excited about. And we have to wait until the COVID doors open a bit. Right. Well, you know what's so, um, what's so encouraging is just knowing that obviously Fraxa doesn't just, you know, fund anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you guys are very uh, careful about that and making sure that there's some promise in what you fund. And that's uh, so important when it comes to, wanting to find a cure for Fragile X um, is using that funding wisely for, you know, projects that you, you guys deem, um, like I said, um, uh, encouraging and that there will be something that comes of it. But also, you know, like you were saying, you never know what is going to be a big uh, breakthrough or a big, you know, um, step forward. So um, that's just so cool. It does make it hard when you don't know, but you certainly get better at figuring over the years. And we're very lean. We are a 
very small organization. So our money goes to the researchers. Right. And um, we're, we're pretty careful. They use it well. <laughs> they <meet> Absolutely. Us. <laughs> we're very hands-on. Um, well, that's exciting to know that, you know, after, after the, like you said, the COVID gates open back up that um, families can participate in trials. Um, I know that that's a hard thing to put off. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, it'll come. It'll come sooner than than we think it will. So. It will, and um, all the planning is being done now, and the you know going to the FDA, all that has to happen. So things are right. happening, even if it might not look like they are. Absolutely, which is it's so cool to have proactiveness. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. Well, what else can we do? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Rise up and meet it. Yes. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. I am really excited about what's coming. Yeah, I am too. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us, Katie, before we part ways? Well, I will be back. We have several yes. initiatives um, for yes. to really launch this year. So um, yeah. we're working hard on those now, and the goal is always the same. We just have to be kind of clever about how we get there. Right. So, we'll so um, for those listening, uh, Katie will be back on with us again soon to share some more exciting things that uh, Fraxa is doing. But um, until then, thank you so much, Katie, for being on Talk FX with us. We're really thankful for your time and just all you do at Fraxa and making a difference to find a cure for Fragile X. Um, it's so encouraging, so moving, and you certainly wear very many hats in your life. You know, a mom, um, just tackling Fraxa, and um, I'm I'm just grateful for your time. So so thank you for being on with us today. Thank you so much, Nicole. I appreciate what you're doing. Oh, of course. Have a great rest of your day. And you too. Bye bye. Thanks for tuning in to Talk FX. We hope you've left this episode feeling encouraged and knowing you're not alone on this journey with Fragile X. It is our mission to provide resources, support, and encouragement to our listeners. Whether you are a mom of Fragile X children, a self-advocate, or a full mutation carrier, this podcast is for you. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TalkFragileX. You can tune in to the latest episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcast.